So do those investors on Shark Tank get diluted when other new investors come in? And how do you go about selling shares in your own company? Hey there, everyone. It's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. Today, I've got a couple of back-to-back questions about small businesses and shares. And I thought they would actually go very well together in one video. Um, so the first question is, uh, it was a question done in response to a video I made a couple of years ago um, about explaining business equity and how the whole offer thing on Shark Tank works, the TV show. And uh, right above me now, there should be a link to go see that video. But the, the question is from another David. And he says, does the equity that sharks purchase dilute as other investors purchase equity? And the answer to that is yes, their position would be diluted as other investors purchase equity, as long as the other investors were buying newly issued treasury shares, meaning newly created shares by the company. And second to that is that would only happen probably with the approval of those Shark Tank investors. Because one of the things that happens when you have a, a private equity placement, which is essentially what those Shark Tank guys are doing, is that there will be shareholder agreements between the founders, the company itself, and the investors, which lay out certain rules as to the governance of the business and how things are going to be carried out. And I would almost, I would be willing to bet money that those sharks, when they make an investment, part of that shareholders agreement is going to include provisions about when, how, and who has to agree to allow any new investors to come in. Because of course, the sharks would realize that they would become diluted if some new people came in. Now, they may not necessarily be against that. Um, a new invest, if the business needed more money and a new investor was bringing that money in, the, the shark tank person might agree that that's good for the company because their position of ownership would be reduced when the new shares are issued, but the business would become worth more. And if the resources are really required for that long-term growth, it might make business sense. So, so I hope that answers your question. Uh, I guess it comes down to, it depends on what the future holds and what those agreements say. Now, I got another question um, from, a, from Apostle who asks, David, I want to sell shares to raise capital. What are the steps to take? So aside from appearing on Shark Tank, which we've just discussed, um, the other way to get shares sold in your own business, well, they involve a lot of rules. So here's what you have to do. Wherever you are in the world, you have to start doing some searching and look for the local rules where you happen to live. And so if someone is in a federal country like Canada or the United States, where you have a bunch of states or provinces and then the national government, you often have multiple sets of rules. And so, for example, if you're in one state, like in Georgia, you may have rules from the government of Georgia about how you can sell shares in Georgia to other Georgians. But if you try to sell shares to someone in Alabama, then all of a sudden the federal rules kick in and you have to be compliant with the SEC, for example, right? And so you have to figure out what are the rules that I'm playing by. In general, most places around the world, 
have a requirement that if you're going to sell shares in a company, you need to create a document called a prospectus. And there are certain standards that have to be met in creating that prospectus, some of which could include having audited financial statements of the business, which, as I mentioned in a video a couple of weeks ago, can cost a lot of money. So that essentially creates a barrier. A prospectus for a publicly traded company could cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to put together. So then how does a small business raise money by selling shares? Well, most jurisdictions will have what they call prospectus exemptions or capital raising exemptions. And this is where you need to read the fine print of your local rules. Some of the exemptions will often include things like, I can sell to my family and friends, okay? People who know me really well, I can sell them shares. Um, I might be able to sell to people I've done business with before. I might be able to sell to people who make a minimum investment that is quite large, indicating that they're sophisticated in some way. Some jurisdictions allow for very small investments from people that pass certain criteria and become um, technically aware or savvy investors or knowledgeable people, for example. Then there's what's typically called an accredited investor. Accredited investors meet certain thresholds, and this varies by jurisdiction, which is why you have to know the rules. So where I live, an accredited investor has either an income above, I think it's 300,000 a year, or liquid assets, meaning stocks, bonds, savings of over a million, or illiquid assets over 5 million. So, you know, a potato farmer could qualify as an accredited investor if their potato farmland is worth more than $5 million. For example, where I live, this is all I'm saying, right? And so you have to know, if that person's accredited, it's not just them saying they're accredited, you probably have an obligation under the law to make sure that they are. And so, as you can start to see, it's not a simple process. Um, you know, maybe if you're gonna create a new company from scratch, you and the other people you're starting with are often called founders, so that you can use the founders exemption to sell shares to those people to create your initial capital float and get the business going. But the, the moment you try to invite someone in who's a stranger, you have to make sure that you're compliant. And so you need to learn the rules and then it will almost certainly involve, you know, an attorney who has some degree of expertise in this area. And so it's complex. And that is the reason why most small businesses don't ever do it. They figure out other ways to get money into the business. And most of the time, it means the owners finding access to personal credit means, uh, using credit cards, getting a loan against their house, all kinds of stuff just like that to make it happen. Because if you start to go down the path of having outside investors, then you get into something uh, called governance issues, making sure that your business is actually being run according to the letter of the law. Because once you're the director of a company that has all these different shareholders, then you have all these fiduciary obligations to the shareholders, even though they may be very tiny uh, owners of the business. Anyway, so I hope that answers your question. Um, just for fun, I did do a Google search on raising money through private equity in Georgia. And one of the things that came up on Google was a program that the state had launched to try and encourage small businesses to be able to do that. And so this is why you have to go and look at the rules because different jurisdictions could in fact have laws that they pass to try to make it easier 
um, and they create maybe special rules that try to loosen things up a little bit to try to encourage business growth. Because ultimately for politicians, business growth means employment growth, which means more taxpayers, fewer people taking you know, advantage of social programs and things of that nature. And so you have to take a look and you're going to have to do a lot of reading and become expert on what the rules are where you happen to live. Anyway, I hope that helps. If anyone out there is thinking about you know, getting a business underway or getting investors into their business, you may find it useful to have a, as complete as possible, a cash flow forecast and business plan. And if you need help to create something like that, um, you should take a look at my cash flow forecasting and business plan writing program, which is available over at bizplanschool.com. That's B-I-Z or Z, bizplanschool.com. And there's a video there where I take a walk through the program and show you what's included. Like hundreds of people have done it. Everyone's always had good things to say. So I know it's a good program. Anyway, thanks very much for the questions and we'll see you all next time. Talk to you later.